This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pivas, Ashy Certified Inspector and Inspect It Like a Girl. Jeff Simmons from Houseworks is out this week, but Shane McClendon is here from ShaneTheHomeBuilder.com. Save the money. Save the money. Save money is always a good thing, and there's no reason why your next remodel or DIY project has to break the bank. And today we're going to talk about some of the ways to save money. Also, we're looking at your emergency preparedness kit as we're getting into this 2021 National Hurricane Preparedness Week again. Join the conversation with us this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. How are you guys doing this morning? Pretty good. Good morning. Yeah. Doing well. Doing well. Shane, welcome back to the show. Shane McClendon, one of the very first guests of... Uh, MPB's Fix It 101 and always keeping Jeff on his toes for being the uh, <laughs> our regular guest host when Jeff is out. Keeping him nice and nervous. Good. Okay, so what have you guys been working on, Pam? What, what's been going on in your world under houses? Well, thank you for saying under houses because I wanted to say something this morning to our listeners. <clears throat> if you live in an old house on a crawl space and you have bat insulation underneath it, you need to hire somebody as soon as possible and get that out of there. Now tell them what bat insulation is. Bat insulation is, well, Shane, how do you describe bat insulation? It's the insulation that's rolled up. There you go. Yeah. The stuff yeah, that we used to the house, usually it doesn't have a paper face. It's got little springs or little pieces of wire. Uh, that kind of hold it in. If you go up under your house, if it's an older house, you'll see it hanging everywhere. So yeah, it's the stuff you used create, to. Let me tell you what it's what it's doing is it's holding moisture up against your floor joist and your floor, and basically creating little furry things and rotting it out. Oh, oh, was that a common practice at some point, Pam? Well, I think. <laughs> maybe politically incorrect in some of the things I say this morning, but we had some Yankees move to town. Oh, okay. And up north, what they do is they put insulation underneath their houses. It makes sense up there. Right. But in the south, if you put insulation underneath your house, all you've done is create a moisture problem. Ah. Because that stuff does not do well in a climate with a high dew point. And I am just seeing, and it's interesting you talk about remodeling. I had gone uh, over to check on a situation for uh, a client the other day, uh-huh. and um, and I was and I I opened up the crawl space door and I looked down there and I was like, mother of God, we got to get that insulation out of there. Um, um, and if if you get that out, and then you know we've had the conversations about crawl spaces and correct and you right. know what you used to do. 
And and my whole thing with those is that every crawl space is different, just like every person is different. Right. Okay. So you just got to get somebody to look at the whole thing. And when I talk to the client, they're trying to sell this house for a family member. I was like, when did the that insulation go in? Because it didn't look, you know, 50 years old like the house. Right. And I said, oh, we had it remodeled. I don't know. It's been a while, probably over 10 years ago. And I guarantee you that Remar came in and said, well, why don't we just throw some bad insulation underneath the house? It'll it'll keep you warm. Right. Well, <laughs> why do you need to stay warm in Mississippi is what I want to know. Right. right. Well, my, my thing's always been which way does heat go? Does it go up or does it go down? Well, it goes up. you know, and I mean, that's a great point. The problem is, regardless, it's not going to stay up there. I don't care if you put wires. Right. I don't care if you glue it. It's going to fall because the insulation, what is it made out of, Shane? Is it um, fiberglass? It's fiberglass, usually. All the, all the stuff I've gotten into has always been fiberglass. Oh, yeah, you know yeah. it, too, if I you really seen, get into it. I have it. seen some netting with cellulose and stuff in it, or um, there's something kind of like a protein kind of product with a blown-in fiberglass, but... I mean, it's all—all all it is is just a big mess because everything that gets under that house is gonna crawl in there and make nests, pull it down, and and it—it's just always been a mess. So Shane, yeah, where where are you broadcasting from this morning, Shane? Lake Caroline. Okay, okay. I thought you were on top of the stack on fifty-five because uh, the uh, the wind noise that was going on there at the lake. So, so what? what <laughs> yeah, what, what? no, we're we're out here trying to punch out a house. I'm supposed to close Friday, but the homeowner wants to push it back to Monday to give me enough time to make sure everything's finished up. So I, I'm, I'm gonna take those extra couple of days. Okay, okay. So what do you what have you been working on lately, man? Man, trying to finish up houses. You know, um, back in January, February, uh, I had a run on all of my inventory. And I have all these houses that have I have put under contract, and I wasn't finished with any of them. Oh. And so I have been working my tail on the ground trying to get finished with all these. So I'm, I've got my last one now that we're uh, we're closing, uh, like I said, early next week. And then, um, man, I, I've got to get some other houses going because I'm, I'm completely sold out of everything. Wow. Wow. Uh, that says something about the market around here, doesn't it? It's crazy. Oh, it's it's crazy. It is crazy. Okay. Well, uh, so we we took on some some new projects at the house this weekend. A lot of it uh, required me digging, and that's it's never my favorite thing to do is to dig. But I ended up with a shovel in my hand this weekend anyway. And but though I got to play with a chainsaw, so that was fun. Uh, a limb <laughs> a limb came down a little while back, and I sat there and looked at it for a week before I decided I was gonna you know, take it down. So, but I went after it with the chainsaw this weekend. And, and, you know, if you ever just, if you're ever not feeling good, just have a chainsaw and it just makes you feel great. It really does. If there's a giant, well, let me ask a question. Did you exit the project with all your appendages? I did. Um, the wood might've been cut a little smaller than necessary, but I was having fun. You know, it's all going to burn anyway. So whatever. <laughs> anyway, 
Good weekend. So, all right. So we're talking about today. And uh, by the way, if you want to talk to uh, our contractor, Shane McClendon, or our inspector, Pam Pibus, you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. I'm going to start with an email this morning that I thought was uh, kind of interesting for you two. Uh, why do roofers, now this is kind of someone just giving us a rhetorical question now. Don't assume anything. Okay, guys. Why do roofers get away with horrendous mess they leave behind in your house? Who else can get away with such neglect of owner's possessions? I know realtors usually are accommodated if they call to demand cleanup inside uh, a house afterwards. The mess roofers leave requires moving everything you just organized in your attic to get at nails. Pieces of wood, dust, dirt, parts of roofing, yuck. It's a huge problem. It seems down into storage boxes, uh, it seeps down into storage boxes and everything is stored. They emphasize using magnets outside in the yard, driveway, but no concern for the catastrophe that's inside the attic. Uh, at the very least, there should be some tarps uh, covering contents of attic or top floor. Have, have you guys heard of this? Uh, uh, you know, roof materials making it down to what is up under the decking? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen it. So, like, when you drive the nail through, especially some older wood, um, some old, you know, 20-something-year-old OSB or something, yep. and it looks it's like a bomb going off on the back side of it. But, I mean, I don't know if anybody, the, the person that suggested putting a tarp up there, yep. I would like to see them do that in a 4 and 12-pitch <laughs> attic. You know, with them, and, and especially if it had trusses and stuff like that, and instead of rafters and just, you know, uh, right. bracing and stuff. Uh, and then if you got up there and tried to clean it up or vacuum it up, you're going to vacuum most of the insulation up, too. So That's a good uh, point. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm okay with leaving a mess in the attic. Okay. All right. Yeah, so. I mean, because you and let's go back to these Yankees. <laughs> so here we go again. Up north, people use their attics for storage, and so they moved down here and it, and told us that we could do that too. <laughs> and let me tell you what a bad idea that is. You put your stuff up there, you know, and I know the Christmas tree and the decorations, and because I'm climbing over that stuff all the time trying to inspect the attic. Mm. But it's the temperature up there and the moisture, and after a while, everything starts to stink. So, you know, I'm with Shane. Buy yourself a storage something in the backyard or take it down to another storage place where you can drive your car up and put the Christmas tree in instead of trying to take it down those attic stairs. Yeah, I'd they, love to see a statistics on the number of people who've fallen down their attic stairs trying to get the Christmas decorations down. Luckily, a lot of people do not hurt themselves on the attic stairs because they've tried to pull it down once and bonk their head, and now they don't do it. Oh, anymore. yeah. Oh, yeah. Taking some teeth right. out or right, right. had a bug or something fall off. <laughs> right. Out of the attic. I'll, so. I'll give you one, cav- one caveat to that, and that's my house. I phoned that entire thing. My attic is actually conditioned airspace. And then even in the summer, it's only about 10 degrees hotter than my actual uh, house. Man, I would love yeah, for so, Jeff to be here to so fight Shane, with them. So, Shane, when they do the, redo the roof, there's nothing coming in there. Right. There's nothing at all coming in there. And if you ever need to get up there and work or if you need to store something up there, man, I've got I've got all kinds of attic space. I could store anything I want to up there, and it wouldn't, it'd not be just fine. And Shane's going to put in a bar. He's some gonna... steps to get up there? No, I, I just got one of those the wider uh, aluminum ladders. They sell oh, them at Lowe's. They're a little bit more expensive, yeah. but they're a lot nicer than the wooden set. 
Oh, yeah. And I've told also. people, you know, if All you've right, got guys, a double on. garage or a triple garage, <laughs> why not build some steps up to your attic? Because the older you get, the harder it's going to be to, like me. <laughs> I don't want to have to go up and down some steps. Okay, like you too. That. Hang on just a second. comes down. We have, we have a caller that's been waiting for uh, minutes, so we're going to go to that. Uh, Jack is on the line in Hancock County. What's going on, Jack? Well, I need a little bit of help on the project. All right. I need to uh, paint the inside of my garage. And unfortunately, the garage door has been open to the weather and insects for several years. And though it works just fine, the place looks filthy. How do I prepare drywall and get all that junk off of there? and still be able to paint it. All right. Uh, well, Shane, this is the, the right answer, in you. The answer for me is a very dreaded one, but it's called a sanding pole. I just you yeah. get, you, get you a sanding pole, or, or you get your broom, get your cobwebs and stuff like that all, and then get you a sanding pole and, and sand the walls. Um, or you, you could even take a, uh, sometimes if it's real bad, I'll get a um, like a, orbital sander, you know, with extension cord and, you know, put a big hundred, a piece of hundred grit on there and turn it on. That way you're not using your shoulder and stuff quite so much. Um, but that, that's just sanding it down until it's, you know, good and smooth and, uh, any spots that, you know, you need to patch with sheetrock, you know, apply your sheetrock mud, sand it back off and then, and then get after paint. Okay. I hadn't thought about using an electric, uh, sander, but, I guess I could, and then just patch whatever blemishes I make. Right. That's a good idea. That's better than what I had. All right, thank you for your help. Yes, uh, one recommendation, yes, Jack, don't go too hard on that sanding. You'll get through the paper, and that makes a different situation. So steady as she goes. All right, uh, number of calls, 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. It's time for us to take our first break of the hour. When we return, we'll share some uh, money-saving tips for your next remodel. So we're going to like put the screws to Shane here in just a moment. So stay tuned. Join the conversation. Give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, professor of internal medicine and pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. Hey, cracking me up, Java. Sorry, i got to live that one a little bit. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, Ashy Certified Inspector and Inspect It Like a Girl, and Shane McClendon here from ShaneTheHomeBuilder.com. 
You can join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. I'm going to go to an email here in just a second. But I promised to put the screws to... uh, to Shane when we left uh, last. So Shane, I'm going to ask straight up what what home renovations should a uh, should a should a non pro do? Should they not do? I'm sorry. Um, a non pro. I mean, like I think the most popular one's probably painting. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe uh, I'd say maybe changing out some hardware. Uh, your cabinet hardware hinges, which knobs, one, doorknobs. Which like ones that. would you say they shouldn't touch? Um, I would always say like a uh, like a tile shower. Mm-hmm. Um, probably cabinetry work. Okay. Uh, flooring, electrical, and plumbing. Right. Okay. Yeah. Plumbing. Well, let me th- let me throw a caveat in there, Shane. Uh, but my my family's strange anyway. But I have an uncle who's retired up in Louisville, Kentucky, and he he's a retired engineer, and he wanted a tile shower. So what he did now he's retired is he went to uh, areas in Louisville where they're building new houses, and he studied right. how they were putting how they were building these tile showers, and then he came back and did it himself. Really. Right. It's like a live YouTube video. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he'd go in and YouTube. ask questions. I've looked up, right. Yeah, I've, I've looked up several things on YouTube. Um, you know, the, just make sure you're going to the manufacturer's website or, or their YouTube channel, not, you know, Tom, Dick, and Harry's, you know, fix it up. Right. You know, right. flip that channel. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's our channel. That's such a good yeah. point. Yeah. All right, folks. Uh, Daryl's on the line in Hines County and uh, has got a question about patio doors. What's going on, Daryl? Uh, having a great day. Look, I built a house back in 2006, and I have a patio door. The door itself is vinyl, but the molding is regular wood. You know, we painted it. And over the years, I tried to keep it painted, but I noticed it's starting right at the bottom up. I guess water wicks in the right. So my question is, should I just replace the whole door unit, or can I just take the door out and get some vinyl uh, molding and re re uh, what is it mill it out and kind of put it in, so I don't have to worry about the rot on the wood. So is it the door that's rotten, or is it the jam? It's it's just the jam. The door the door itself is vinyl, but the uh, but the jam is wood. I don't know why they would you know make a vinyl door and then have a wood jam instead of the whole unit being vinyl. So my question is, can I just uh, uh, save the doors and uh, get some uh, vinyl trim and mill it out and kind of put it back that way, or is that too much trouble? Should I just go ahead and buy a whole unit that's completely vinyl and just replace the whole thing? Is it, well, Daryl, is it rotted up? Uh, is it rotted just it, at the bottom of, yes, the, it's of that, at or is the it bottom, the whole trim uh, is rotted? It's rotted up about about three inches or four or five inches, something like that. It's starting to rot from the ground yeah. up. Shane, what were you going to say? Uh, well, I mean, is it, um, well, I would answer it based on your, I guess, skill level and tools that you would have available. Um, at Home Depot, 
like I think maybe Lowe's too, they used to sell a, a like a, a jam leg, I guess you would call it. It would be, you know, like a six foot eight jam already. It's already, you know, milled out. It's already got oh, the curves for your, um, uh, for your weather stripping. And back when I was doing a bunch of home repair stuff for uh, realtors and everything, we would just go up, you know, uh, if you got rot five, six inches up, we would go up, you know, eight, ten inches um, and just make a good square cut and cut that off and then take the rotten spot out, cut off what we needed off that jam that we bought. And then, um, you know, you, you got to kind of, uh, I guess, I don't know if it's more to set up, you'd have to kind of dado the bottom of it to make the, the threshold fit back in there and then um just put you some wood glue on there uh you know so that you get a little you get a bond you know back on the uh on the jam itself but you what the and that's going to give it some strength but not really a whole lot what you what's going to give it the strength or help it not move around is putting shims above and behind uh above your cut below your cut behind shimming it up real real good get it nice and straight try to stay out of the bottom hinge if you can because if you have to get it in or above that bottom hinge that's just going to make it a little bit more difficult uh to do um other than that i mean if you if you wouldn't feel comfortable or didn't feel comfortable you know doing that i mean the doors what you said oh six or 15 years old um you know you might might be ready for a new door and then this time just make sure you get it one with a, a pvc jam you know, and something I've seen, too, the problem is that you're probably what's happening is that you're getting water run off your roof out there and it's splashing back up on and, and water and wood just don't do well together. Something that I've seen people do is um, if you can be proficient with it is just use some Bondo at the bottom. Oh, you got to break away that. Yeah. Break away the old rot and then uh, replace with Bondo. I will say if you've yeah, never worked with Bondo before, you might want to give that a whirl with something not so permanent the first time. Uh, it's amazing to work with, but it is uh, it's permanent once it's there. It's yeah, there. it's not it's not real forgiving, but I, I no. tell you, and that's good because it won't rot. No, it won't. <laughs> he put it on the bottom of those of that trim. You won't ever have to worry about it again. <laughs> True. Yeah, so you just, just make sure that you get all that um, and, and deteriorated wood out of there, and that'll make it last a little bit longer. My experience has been, um, if you don't, if you can't completely fix that moisture problem, you're going to have uh, bondo and wood are going to expand and contract at different rates. So at some point, it's going to break loose again. Uh-huh. But if you if you get rid of all that. Um, you know, uh, deteriorated wood and all that stuff, and then rebondo it, it can't last for a while. And, okay. you know, Shane, you've got such a great point there. I was going to suggest if you don't have gutters on your house, which I hate, come in with like, and I don't, what is it called, Shane, like an L bracket or something that you could put across where the door is so it diverts the water. So you're not getting water coming straight off the roof and splashing back up on the door. Well, actually, yeah, there's, I do, there's like I do a lot have of gutters. Yes, I do. I have gutters, and actually it's on a patio, so the water's mostly kind of wicking a little bit. You you get minimal splash. It's just wicking over time. That's all it is. So uh, I will try those methods, and uh, if all else fails, I'll just replace the whole unit. There you go. There you go. Thanks a lot, Daryl. It only cost you $10 for like a quart. So. Right. Appreciate it, Daryl. 
uh, I hope you have good luck with that. Hey, give us a call back and tell us how the project went when you're done and how you ended up finishing it off. Uh, number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Okay, Kathleen, let's hear about it. You got a comment on the uh, on the good contractor thing? Well, this is to prove that Fix-It 101 is great. Okay, go for it. You have to recognize these things. This is dedicated to Pam. People like Pam and Jeff, we need them. Right. When you try to hire a contractor and they show up and they open the door and a beer king falls out, you might want to reconsider your contractor. Right. If, if the first thing they ask you is, do you have sawhorses available? They didn't have any. Then when they get out, they start arguing about who has the pencil. The pencil. (laughs) The pencil. And then you find them arguing over someone finds a six-inch ruler, didn't know what it was, but knew it wasn't a yardstick. Okay. I said it's just a six-inch ruler. And anyway, when they wind up saying, oh, by the way, we're going to need so much money in advance – you just say, well, I haven't signed a contract, and I'm still reviewing. He said, well, we're here. I said, that's about all that's here. We'll we'll have to reconsider this. Well, and thank you for all. I mean, not just today. Every day I learn something, and it's good for the audiences. You can do it, but just be smart about how you do it. Take your time. Thank you, Kathleen. We appreciate it very much. All right, folks, uh, we're going to take our second break of the hour. You're listening to Fix It 101. It's time for another break. When we return, we're going to help you redesign your kitchen without breaking the bank. Oh, yeah, you can do this, Shane. This will help you save money and keep unnecessary people from your home. (laughs) I'm not going to say that. If you want to join to, uh, today's show, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Each week, myself or one of my fellow hosts bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio, or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pivas, ASG Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Shane McClendon here from ShaneTheHomeBuilder.com. Jeff Sammons from Houseworks is out this week, and if you missed any of today's program, you can always listen back by podcast using any podcast app or our MPB public media app. Now, we were talking before about the kitchen, talking about doing some remodeling in the kitchen. The kitchen is often a place where 
you know, homes change the most. A lot of stuff goes on there. Remodel and redesign of the kitchen does not have to break the bank. And here are the few tips to help save a few dollars, by the way. I just did this myself a little while back. And I didn't I didn't didn't rip out faucets and all that jazz, but I did do a, a big paint job of the cabinetry and changing of the hardware and, you know, all that, the backsplash, all that fun stuff to do, all the stuff that you see, but you don't actually have to change the world. Anyway, uh, you know, one of the things to think of when you're when you're trying to uh, get a new look for your kitchen, you, you can keep what you can and con- consider keeping what still looks nice, what works well, what could be resurfaced and looked even and look even better. Uh, one of the things, one of the neatest things that I found on watching like the HGV HGTV shows, and I'm sure you've you've probably either seen or done this, Shane and Pam, and I know you've come across this, but where people take plain, say, older cabinets, and and there are not much to them, but they use a little trim work, little wood trim work, to go uh, to to make those cabinets, give them a little bit more oomph on the outside, maybe a maybe a square inside, something like that. You can you can give them some character with wood trim on top of just say a plain door, so that when you repaint it, it can look something like a frame, you know, or something of that nature, whatever you'd like to make of it. Um, have you have you done this, uh, Pam? You're you're the recycler of us all. Have you ever done that? You know, I'm not. I have. Um, I was getting ready to ask you if you'd been in my kitchen because I, um, I just kept the old doors and reused them. I wanted to ask Shane about. You know, cabinet doors are not that well. They may be expensive now, but yeah. used to be you could measure your doors and and just go get new ones and keep yes. the same old um, cabinetry. You can. You can. Um, I think Java's working with Shane right now. Um, you can do that, Pam. One of the things that I saw recently was a show where someone took regular, just plain doors, hinges with flat pieces of wood that are painted with a handle, right? Just regular old doors. And and they put uh, trim around the outside, and then all of a sudden it looked like a uh, uh, missionary, you know, that sort of furniture. Yeah. I mean, you can do that, but you're going to have to have, you got to think about, if that's going to be your DIY project, you better have a miter saw right. and a trim gun. And um, because if you don't do them all consistent, consistently across, it's right. going to look like crap. That's true because they're very close to each other. So they're easy to compare. Shane, are you it's gonna in on this? It's going to look like Paul Paul came over I'm with that and, the, and the can of beer fell out when he's walking through the door. Right. So Shane, you yeah you 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 made it back. So we were talking about um, some of the things that you can do in your kitchen to uh, to help spruce it up and not change, uh, break the bank. And one of the things you can do is consider keeping what still looks nice. You know, you can paint things. Uh, and I was mentioning that I'd recently seen something on uh, one of the HGTV uh, shows where they took plain cabinets, just plain, almost antique looking cabinets, but they were very plain. And they and they put wood trim around the sides, and all of a sudden they look like a a, a different type of cabinet, a very nice cabinet. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought it was really cool that they did that and saved everything instead of tossing everything. And right now, right. when uh, when when buying new is all of a sudden something that makes you think before you go into the wood store. Um, 
saving might be not a bad idea. Right. Yeah, because wood is so high. So, so uh, what do you think? Have you seen any tips and tricks like that that people can use, Shane, that they can uh, help make their space better without breaking the bank? Um. Well, I'd have to. I mean, I have to think about that one. Um, you could add some molding and stuff onto your doors like that. Mm-hmm. The problem is you're going to have to watch out because if you start adding molding, you're probably going to have to change your hinges depending on what type of hinge it is um, and, you, and the spacing between your doors. Um, you know, honestly, if you're trying to save money, I would stay away from anything and everything that involved wood right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I would stick with your hardware, um, you know, knobs, pulls, stuff like that, some paint. Right. Um, maybe if the budget allows some countertops, new backsplash. You know, backsplash. Stuff like that. Backsplash can make a real big difference to a kitchen. Yeah. And give it either, you know, you can give it a homey look with just the backsplash. You can give it a busy look. You can do anything you want with it. But uh, the backsplash can make a big difference, and it can bring an old countertop alive, too. Um, yeah. I've got, um, years ago, and I just keep it up there, I was on a budget, and I used uh, roof flashing for my backsplash. Oh, cool. Nice. So, so is it's that, got is a, that like corrugated well, industrial. Steel? It's non-flammable. I can wipe it off. I've got little magnets sticking on it. But it's, you know, it was pretty easy. I just got the guys to cut it the the length, and then I cut out where my outlets were and stuck it up there, and it's been there ever since. You know, that's something also that people can easily do that doesn't really cost any money of any uh, consequence. It's it's the, the light and outlet covers. Those things, believe it or not, if you go if you go to your local hardware store and you say, "Show me your light covers," they're going to show you boxes of light color uh, covers, and and they're not going to cost that much money. I don't know if you've ever done this before, but if you ever go to buy like an outlet, like say you want to change from say an almond color to a white color or something of that nature, a different color outlet, a, a white outlet is probably around fifty eight cents. Um, or up to maybe a buck twenty tops. So this is these are things the the covers of your outlets and the covers of your switches you can change quickly, get a little pop of color, whatever you're trying to do there, very easily, very cheap, right there. Well, and you can also change your faucets out if you wanted to do that. You know, come in with something a little different there. But I'm gonna tell you something. You mm-hmm. do that as a DIY. And you're underneath that sink trying to look up there, and you don't have the right tool to change that thing out. You're yep. going to know why you pay that plumber so much to do that. <laughs> well, that's not like easy. That's a four trip, uh, a four trip project. Which is, you get under there, you realize you don't have the wrench, so you have to go back again, get the wrench. You know, before you come back, then you realize you don't have the right size faucet, or you picked the wrong one. So you got four trips in that one right there. If you've never done a faucet before. Yeah, it's it's not a it's not a quick project unless you've done it a lot. Right, but we can start small. You know, uh, uh, something. You know, think about those little accessory things. Your doorknobs. Your your uh, uh, yeah. Your doorknobs. You can even change out that stuff. Just give it something that it's a little bit newer looking. So um, uh, they say here. With uh, if you've got linoleum, you should really cover with wood or tile. What's your thought, Shane? 
Uh, puts you a floating floor over the top of it, floating you know wood floor. Don't yeah. have to worry about bonding or anything like that. Um, if you're going to stick tile on top of it, I've I've seen some things that worked okay, and I've seen some things that went horribly, horribly wrong. <laughs> um, and in each one, you know, floor prep is key, and there's some different products. Um, like with vinyl or linoleum, for instance, <clears throat> you probably got years of dirt and or wax built up on that thing, depending on what they did. Uh-huh. And there's no thin set in this world that's going to stick to that. Ooh, um, didn't think you of know, that. So, yep. So there. Now we did one one time. It was so difficult to pull this stuff up. We came through with a sander, sanded it, wiped it down with like a lacquer thinner, mm-hmm. made sure we didn't have any oil residue or anything on there. And there was, I think, malt. Hay or ladder creek sold a primer um, that we primed the floor, mm-hmm. the, the old linoleum, pick up any loose bubbling spots, stuff like that. But after after we put that primer on and let it dry, our skin set stuck to it just fine. Um, we, we we stuck a couple of tiles, tried to pull them up and everything else, and I mean it, it bonded really well. So. Right. And one thing I saw a picture today of someone trying this, and I wanted to mention it. If you're if you wanted to take up a floor in the kitchen and you're trying to pull up linoleum and tile and everything else that people have had over the years, this person ran into about four layers of stuff, but got down to that bottom layer and ran into some white grayish tiles. And I kept thinking, stop, don't go any further. Uh, Those white grayish tiles, this was a house built in the 50s. And I thought, oh, boy, who knows what that is? And it could very well be asbestos. Asbestos, right. Right. So when you go to pull up a floor, be very careful uh, of what you're looking for. You know, a sheet of vinyl is not really going to be dangerous. Um, Regular, you know, clay tiles or ceramic, porcelain, whatever, those are going to be fine. But, boy, if you get down to uh, tiles that are either 9 by 9 or 12 by 12, and like I said, for me, they always look like a white-gray look. Uh, like a public building in the 1970s. That's what it looks like. So, But if you get to that, don't touch it. You've got asbestos and you want someone at least to tell you how to deal with the abatement of that. Anyway. Yeah, there, actually, you can take a sample of that stuff and I forget where you send it to. You might want to call like the Mississippi Department of um, uh, MDEQ or something like that. Um, and I think there's a place you can send it off to and get it tested really, really cheap. Um, and okay. see exactly what's in it. That would be great. There are lots of homes that have not been remodeled with that asbestos tile underneath, so be very careful when you're pulling right. that up. You've got a, a question to ask Shane and or Pam. You can call us at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Okay, Pam, you've got to stop calling out Yankees on the show. Here's the situation. <laughs> Here's the situation. We have lots of listeners all over the country because of our podcast. We do, we do have a popular podcast, and we have them from all over the place. And we have an email this week from uh, Madison City, Iowa. So you can't make fun of people. Awesome. You can't make fun of people that live above Mississippi anymore. We'll say north of. I'm not making fun of them. I'm just saying they have a different climate where they live. (laughs) Okay, so here we go. This is going to take both of you. (laughs) Two years ago, my wife and I bought a house that was built in the 1920s in Madison City, Iowa. The house has four basement well uh, window wells. 
Three of the four were covered over with sections of old countertop that the previous owner had. The fourth has some sort of plastic grating that was laid across the opening because the dryer vent went through one of the basement windows. I've not had a problem with water leaking into the basement, but I would like to let more light into the basement. How would I go about maintaining the window wells? And I believe the window wells are an odd size. So would they, so where would you suggest I look? And would you have any tips on installing them? I thank you for your help and have a nice day. Uh, guys, Any, any anybody want to give that a whirl? All right, so for replacing windows, the best thing to do, especially if you got crazy sizes, is just do a vinyl window replacement. Um, you can get the window measured to whatever you need to. Now, as far as keeping the vent going through a window, man, I don't, I don't know about that. I would have to, I'd really have to look. Um, cause I mean, if we can, if we can, you know, knock out a four inch hole through that basement wall somewhere and keep the integrity of the, uh, you know, the water, uh, mm-hmm. waterproofing and everything else. And, you know, that might be an option, but there again, I haven't, I haven't seen it and put my eyes on it. I have no idea, but, um, if you want to add more light, best thing to do in the basement, I think, is just buy another light fixture. Okay. Wow. <laughs> There's a cheap way to do it, too, isn't there? Uh, well, and there are, I mean, okay, so <clears throat> we Southerners don't have a clue what a window well is. <laughs> yes. It's the, it's the window that's kind of half between um, above the ground and half between below the ground. Well, no, actually, they're mostly subsurface so and they're put into basements um if you're going to have a sleeping room you've got to have an exit so the only way to create that exit is to have a window well so that the occupant in case there's a fire and they can't get out can go to the window raise the window get out to the window well and then get out of the house this is why we have that's one of the main reasons that we have them and so you've got to consider drainage around that if you're not getting water in there you could just look at um there are these cool um inserts that you can put in that and dig it out and make it a little bit bigger and put the insert in there that's going to give you more room as far as access and then take those covers off of that thing i mean that's that's really creating some problems if i heard you say that they had put something on top of the well yeah and a countertop. you really want to leave yeah that was a bad idea you really want to leave that open so um and that'll let the light in if you can get that off, and then um, and probably replace the I windows. Mean, yeah, I yeah. mean you can get you and a con. I would. This is something that I don't know that I would try to do myself. I would probably have a foundation specialist, somebody in that area in in Iowa, mm-hmm. to take a look at it and give you some su- suggestions. Because if you get in there and mess that up. And start you start getting a lot of water in your basement. I want to blame somebody else for the mistake. Right. <laughs> I don't want to look at that and go, "Oh man, I've really created a problem." Right. Okay. All right. Let's go uh, real quick to the phones. And uh, Murray's on the road. And uh, concrete. What's going on with this concrete situation, Murray? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm trying to do some uh, a small area in my backyard. Uh, con- vertical concrete stamping. Um, I have the stamp, I have the concrete, there's a product that uh, you mix with an 80-pound bag of Type S mortar 
to do that makes the uh, mortar more malleable and last longer for the stamping process. It's some kind of a polymer. I'm trying to find that product, and I cannot find it anywhere locally. Call, Does anybody um, have? Yeah, call MMC. I know um, uh, Rob Stevens is a guy that does all my stamping, and there's uh-huh. actually some kind of release agent that he has. Um, right. And I I can't I don't know exactly where he gets it from, but I know he used to get a lot of his stuff from uh, MMC here locally MMC. in Jackson. Yes, okay. sir. M- MMC in Jackson. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's where, okay, that's where that, I would start. Yeah, that, that releasing agent it just helps the uh, the stamp release from the uh, concrete. Right. Right. Yeah. So, like, so when you pour, when they pour the concrete, they sit and wait forever because there's a, you got a, a window of workability there. If you put it on when it's too wet and you, you stamp it, you know, it's going to squish out the sides or leave too heavy of a pattern. If you wait too long, you know, you're not going to get enough stamp, um, on that, but that's that's one of the things they do is when they when it gets right there to where they want it, where they can start working with it, they they go and spread that release agent all over it, and then they get after it. All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank, no problem. Thanks, and thank you, Shane. I appreciate someone knowing that answer. I certainly. Well, I do. gotta yeah. I gotta earn my keep, right? Right, right. All right. So, uh, <laughs> real quick, let's go to Jesse and Goshen Springs. And uh, this is a great question. Go ahead, Jesse. Um, yeah, doing some RV upgrades again. Um, replacing some countertops. Uh-huh. Uh, I've got uh, it's a cheap particle board type material that's in there right now, and because uh, of weight issues, I can't do like quartz or marble. Uh, what are some other materials you might recommend that are going to last? a little bit longer than particle board, but don't have the kind of weight you would get from, like, marble or quartz. There's a type of, jeez, uh, I've, I've seen it before. It's like a, uh, you know, you know what plastic cutting boards are made of? I forget that stuff. Anyway, it's, it's just a very resilient plastic uh, that is used. But there's a couple of different vinyl options um, you know, you could vinyl over it, over over the same uh, uh, yeah, there was a, there structure. There was a company called uh, Granite Transformations, I think, here locally in Jackson. Uh-huh. And they, they did some kind of a thin granite overlay over the top of what you had, typically. Um, you could always pull the product board up, put down some good solid plywood, and then come back and put the mic over the top of it. Yeah. And I will say, uh, by the way, you're getting no weight advantage by using particle board. That stuff is heavy. Okay. Yeah. All you right. can use regular wood. All right. That's what I need to know. All right. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, that uh, particle board, I've used that before. And all of you know this. You go to Ikea and pick up some. Uh, you know, it, <laughs> it's it, whenever you find the particle board furniture, it's when it, there's always a picture on the box that says two people lift because you need it. And it doesn't matter what size the thing is. That stuff is heavy. So, uh, OK, so Shane, I want you to give us a, a parting gift here of what would you say would be some things you can think of that 
folks run into problems with when remodeling, when doing jobs in their kitchen themselves? What to look for? Um, what landmines? Well, there's always, you know, updating or upgrading appliances. You know, the electrical standards on appliances we have now are different than, you know, they were in the 70s. Um, Ooh. A lot of times you got copper lines coming up through the bottom of the slab. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they're sleeves, sometimes they're not. And what you don't know is that the copper's actually been kind of eaten and corroded away, at, you know, from the, from the concrete being in contact with it for 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. You wiggle that thing the wrong way, and now we got a slab leak. Um, Yikes. You know, it really just, just it's, it's always something that you, that you find whenever you open the walls up. You know what I mean? When whenever we, especially going to move a wall, uh-huh. I've, I've spent hours in the attic digging around trying to make sure nothing's coming up through that wall, tear it down. It's like, no, nah, they were going to put some plumbing there, they were going to put a gas line there, but they started and they just capped it off in the middle of the wall, never came up through the attic or anything, so I couldn't see it. Huh. Um, so now all of a sudden we've got you know to deal with that, right? Um, you know, and then you've always got your, your termite damage, you know, behind cabinets and stuff like that that nobody, you know, you don't ever see, you never knew was there. Uh, the faucet leak and dishwasher leak and something like that. Those are usually kind of the biggest surprises we have when we're doing the kitchen. Really? Uh, so are termites normally coming through the the back of the cabinet wall? Is that a thing? Um, they're coming usually wherever you've got moisture and it stays moist. Oh. Uh, and that and that could be anywhere. So usually plumbing fixtures, any kind of, well, and sometimes penetration's coming through the slab. That's yeah. why we're supposed to put tar, you know, uh, up under the tubs. Uh-huh. And one of one of them's for, a, you know, a barrier uh, for termites and stuff like that because they can come up through there. Um, but the termites are always looking for a water source. Because you could you could have all the termidor in the ground in the world if they don't have to go back to the ground to get water and stuff then yeah. it doesn't do any good. Oh, okay. All right, Pam. Any parting gift thoughts before uh, we wrap this thing up? Well, if you're going to do a remodeling project in your house, you might as well go ahead and find you a good therapist. A therapist? <laughs> That's the contractor you need first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I used, I used to say it's going to it's going to challenge everything in you <laughs> to get it finished. <laughs> yes. Uh, what were you saying, uh, Shane? I, I used to put on my, my uh, I was going to put on my cards at one time, you know, remodeler and marriage counselor. Right. I can't right. tell you how yeah. many times I, I like, <laughs> when I'm going in there for a consultation. I like to meet with the home both, you know, the, with, with both homeowners right. and figure out, because one's going to want one thing, one's going to want the other, and I've got to figure out how to, you know, make both of them happy. Well, so and they won't recognize it until you've got the pen in your hand. So, right. anyway. <laughs> All right, folks, Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by our generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Mr. Java Chapman. Our call screener was Liz Gill. For Pam Pivas, Shane McClendon, and uh, I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for our Wednesday 10 a.m. program, Everyday Tech with Jay White. And join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101, only on MPB Think Radio.